2: Hey yo, this is Big Daddy Kane And you're listening to another hot interview On The Library With Tim Einigel On RapStation.com
0: On January 6, 2017 My next guest released his fourth studio album One Day Before His Birthday this Maryland MC has been killing it as an artist while mentoring the youth. His name is Substantial, and the new album is called The Past is Always Present in the Future. Substantial, welcome back to the library with Tim Heine and Cal on rapstation.com.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, bro. Cool, oh,
0: thank you for being here. So, you know, as mentioned, this is your fourth album. How has the for you, how has the studio setting kind of creative process differ or how's it been different, uh, on each of the albums and then what what has been this kind of a similar thing in creating each of these albums? Like you know, like studio setting, someone that might be with you at all times or something like that?
2: Each album um definitely was recorded, the process was, was very different. Um the first album I was signed to uh you know Nugibus's uh hot out production label. And so um I had written most of the stuff like while I was um still in high school and some while in college and recorded and wrote the rest of it uh, while I was in Japan. And so that was probably one of the more unique situations for the um, other albums. Basically I um, recorded all of those at like my home um, studios, with the exception of like maybe a few of the songs. Uh, But I was living in different places when I recorded each one of them. But I would say of those last three albums the 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 one that um I just put out is probably more um, more unique in terms of you know how I went about the process and gathering the production where I kind of designated certain producers as responsible for a certain portion of the album, you know based on theme, but a lot of this was really just you know um just vibing out in my home studio with the music and laying down scat tracks, which is kind of my process. Like, you know, I come up with a topic and then lay down uh, a scat track of me just kind of scatting over the music. Um, I've been doing that process for a while, but this may be the first solo album where I actually use that process in the studio to, to record uh, or to help write the lyrics and stuff um, and develop the flows and patterns and stuff.
0: How do you know, I guess, which producer would do, you know, is works best with, I mean, you know, purpose of the track, subject matter, um, your, what flow you want to be on that track. Uh, is this just knowing their body of work really well? Um, how'd you go through that process of knowing who's going to be perfect for what?
2: Yeah. So it was based on what the themes of the sections was. Um, that's how I kind of decided who was going to produce what, so, the first portion of the album, with, um, after the intro, which is produced by Jay Soul, the first portion, major portion of the album, which is the past, um, is produced by the other guys, and they are the producers that I have the, the longest history with. Isaiah from the other guys, who usually handles the rhymes and in uh, the video work that they do. I've known him since we were fourteen. He was the best man at my wedding. We got a lot of history uh, together. And I met his cousin, Joe, which, who handles most of the production um, later on when they became, when they formed the duo. Because of the history that I had with them, I thought, who better, who better to produce the past section of the project? Because they go deepest into my, my personal past. And so then, uh, for the present, I had Marcus D. produce that section, so like partly because of the fact that he, um, presently, he's the producer I collaborate with the most. You know, so again, you know, just thinking of what the theme of that section was, knowing his style of production and and knowing what our current situation is, uh, is, I was like presently, you know, he's a dude. So um, and so and then for the future portion, I knew I wanted to kind of involve producers who sonically um, could do things that kind of work with that section. But more important than that was the whole idea that going into the future, I'd be working with these guys maybe a little more. Um, so, so that's why I had um, Odyssey involved um, in that section. He also had something in the past section, but I had him involved in the future section for that reason. His drummer, John Lane, who is a part of his band, Good Company, he produces two tracks in that section. We've been um, talking a lot and collaborating more and um and then Gensu Dean who ironically has a throwback sound but that beat that he made it made me think of like uh like when you watch the, like the Jetsons or something like that where it's from a um a, a era it's a bit of a throwback but it deals with the future so it's kind of you know what i mean like um i i thought sonically that made sense and then for the final section that was produced by Algorithm um he did that entire section and, um, and outside of my first album, which was done entirely, uh, by Nujabes and Mona outside of that album, um, algorithm has always been a part of every solo album I've done. So I was like, you know, for the always section, which deals with legacy, let's have a guy who's always <laughs> contributed to my, my solo albums. You know what I mean? You know, so that's how that process uh, came about.
0: Uh overall for you what was your kind of just before we go into some tracks of the album what what was your I guess your overall goal of this album
2: with the title being the past is always present in the future um the album really deals with legacy and uh and us not forgetting like our roots um no matter like you know how badly people want to kind of separate themselves from the path that we had to travel to get to where we are or get where we're going the reality of it is there are portions of our past um, and all of it to a certain extent that will still kind of live on um, as we move forward. And, um, and so I knew that I wanted to make music that really spoke to that and captured those moments and, and really, you know, in a way kind of spoke to what my legacy as an individual would be, but then also what I hope, that, um, the legacy of our people, um, would be as well. And so I, um, you know, as far as how, like, you know, how I feel about terms of me being able to capture that, I think, um, overall, man, I was, when I finally stepped back and listened to everything, when, when everything was done, cause it was about a two, two and a half year process. Um, you know, I was, I definitely feel as though it, it conveys that, I mean, that's been the the response kind of speaks to that as well, like in terms of people really seeing the whole full circle, like kind of happen right in in front of them. So from that's why the the album cover as well has that that feel reminiscent of my my first album because I really feel like for me it's you know my career coming full circle.
0: The first track uh, exposition, um, it's you know the first and only verse on the you know on this this track is, is for me was it's not just like a lyrical wake-up call for the listener, but also a social commentary wake-up call. I mean, you talk about racial, systematic oppression, hypocrisy of those that tell you to let the impact of slavery, police brutality, and education and justice go, and you talk about a lot more. Um, Why did you decide that this would be the first track of the album, and then why only one verse?
2: I knew that um, it would be extremely important to kind of set a certain tone early on. You know, just to kind of let people give people a general idea of what the feel of this album was going to be, um, especially with the title being what it was, um, and and this project being a bit of an expo. You know what I mean? Being an expo where it's like, you know, I'm gonna showcase different things, uh, different things in terms of our history. Um, I'm gonna sure, like showcase my my lyrical ability while I give you this substance. But more important than than all of these things, you know, I'm gonna achieve this while still giving you good music that you can just kind of buy to get lost in, while receiving these messages and themes that are extremely important, you know. And so, uh, why one verse? I would just say that I feel I feel like. A lot can be achieved in without kind of overdoing it. Sometimes I didn't want to make it um, this three verse thing. I know it's the opening song. I wanted. I really loved the music that J Soul came up with, so I wanted to kind of um, start out in a way where it's like this music's playing. It kind of sucks you in. You know the singing that I put in there that I laid down. I wanted to be somewhat haunting and reminiscent of like you know some of those like parliament and like funkadelic tracks that are kind of like not the the typical songs you get from parliament and stuff like those those deep cuts that are are, that they had that were very like you know when I think of like maggot brain and things like that that were just it wasn't what you kind of come to expect from them and so this I don't think is I think people expect substance from me however I didn't uh I knew that that track was kind of going to be like the unexpected um even to my bass, you know what I mean? Um, And so I figured that was a great way to kind of set the album off, you know.
1: Do remember, I am a true descendant Of people who were stolen and traded For all the riches, but I can play The victim, I'm told, just to forget it While they dwell on 9-11 and celebrate Independence, but I'm supposed to Clean the memory of all the lynching Shit, I cringe at the thought of giving my Daughter with plus I see the name That owe my family every time I write a check So how the fuck am I supposed to Forget when we ain't safe in churches Or even when we comply, the ones Paid to protect us, I'm making sure that we Die, they say we kill ourselves, we still some of same when you supposed to be on the job and if you really care about the welfare of my people you make sure that the schools for all children equal competition so they had to the game
0: in terms of writing that is that i mean is that something that's a challenge for you as an artist to kind of say so much but you know in one in one verse uh, i mean how how do you prepare yourself for 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 accomplishing that goal
2: you know what's important is knowing knowing ahead of time exactly what you wish to accomplish in terms of like what you want to cover what themes you want to cover because it's a it's a loose verse so to speak where it's like i don't focus on one particular topic and and you know and then it's also based on what we kind of see in the commentary and stuff you know like i think that You know, naive people sometimes believe that if we can fix this one problem here, you know, I mean, things overall, it'll just it'll fix the world. You know what I mean? And, you know, what I really wanted to illustrate that, no, there's not this one problem. There's a lot of different problems. Right. And I don't want you to just kind of fix this one problem and think that if you help us fix this one problem, somehow like life for black people just instantly becomes the best thing ever, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, um, and so I wanted to kind of bring up, uh, you know, I, I, I specifically wanted to target certain issues that I, I feel like, you know, that as, as a black person in this country, in the world, um, you kind of can't escape these things, you know, um, you know, like there's no, there's no quick fix for these problems, especially, you know, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, people who, who refuse to even acknowledge some of these things as a problem. Um, you know, and so, um, yeah, man, it was, it was definitely a challenge, but, uh, but I mean, you know, I took my time writing that verse. I spent a very long time writing that opening track, um, and scrapped like other things I had had and other ideas I had. had. Um, and then when I finally got this last direction that I wanted to go in, um, that finally happened very quickly you know when i i think finding your direction is, is just like an actor you know what i mean where you're kind of trying to figure out which way you want to go with the role you're trying to play and until you figure that out it's kind of like it's a struggle and um i think i finally figured it out and uh and once that moment happened like that burst just wrote itself you know
0: the second track in the album uh, Made in Maryland um, you kind of talk about the importance of your home state what Maryland has to offer and kind of um, what, why it's important for you to keep coming back to the, your community your Maryland community um, you've obviously toured uh, you're an artist that you know you, you, you teach youth but you also tour how mm-hmm. do you how do you keep yourself grounded while you're on tour
2: yeah I mean I think the reality of it is I mean for, for any artist, right? There's a um, there's a Bible quote. Um, I'm not a, re- a religious person, so to speak. But, you know, there are a couple of verses that stuck with me, <laughs> you know? And uh, there's one, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but it's like, it says a prophet is um, like a, is only without honor, saving his own home. And because of their great disbelief, uh, and because of their the disbelief, he did not great works there. And like, That was shared with me by a pastor many years ago. Um, and it stuck with me. And it was because, and the irony of him sharing it with me was I was just venting. I wouldn't say it's ironic, but the, the timing was, was crazy. Like he just had that just kind of, and he just hit me with it after venting to him. I just came off a tour and he was asking me how the tour went. And I was like, man, it was amazing. Um, but it's always kind of interesting when I come back home because, you know, for me, because I dive back into like the community like I grew up in and also um you know and and connect with people who are still very much in it, still very very much trying to find a way and figure out how to make it through their day to day and like instantly you know you kind of are you just bounce back to reality and it's just like you know the the stuff that I know those moments are significant for a lot of artists and very much for the fans as well. But I am reminded from the moment I set foot back into my home, how um, although those things can be extremely inspiring for some, the reality of it is, I think sometimes we give it too much importance. You know, like these things are somehow, like somehow make me better than these other people that I come across. And, And I'm constantly reminded when I'm amongst them that, yo, like we're the same. We're the same. I, I just was afforded some opportunities that you may, have, you may even come across at some point in time. But the difference is that I just took them. Right. And, um, and I made the most with the opportunities that I was presented. But I also understand that there are certain fears that come up with growing up in an environment like the one I grew up in, that these kids that I work with are still very much in that hinder us from taking these opportunities. Um, you know, and, and, and those are real fears. There's a real those are real fears that aren't addressed and these kids aren't always exposed to as many opportunities or just as as much information as some people. And so so it's important that when like the touring is cool, but I think the story behind how I got there and 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 what I was able to take from it is what I kinda use to motivate others and also kind of kill some of those fears or um, some of those fears, those real fears that people have, you know, like yo, you just gotta sometimes take that leap, leap of faith and believe in yourself
1: King, it's a PG thing, this for OGC King, D Step Baltimore team That's man and the young know? homie Green Damn, my friends of dope yeah we really rap friends we're losing hope I'm gonna bring it back stand as been dope says pit pack ball, jump
0: rope behind no you talked about um the kids you work with and kind of seeing the you know the, the 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 obstacles that are happening there you know with them and how you try to work on work with them and you know get them over those ob- obstacles and there's a few things I I, I want to talk about Two tracks, No Turning Back 2.0, and um, wish you were here. But before that, yep. I uh, want to talk about the uh, MLK Big Dream 2.0. Italy, Because what you do there is that you, what I thought was interesting, you're, you play excerpts from Dr. King on, you know, why he opposed the Vietnam War, and how war is was damaging to those at home, versus, let's say, you, you know, play. Speeches from his "I Have a Dream" speech, or something, you know, uh, excerpts from "I Have a Dream" speech, or just stuff that's in, I guess, popular stuff <clears throat> in the mainstream. Why did you choose to play those excerpts in 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 the track? But then also, how does that relate to and the song itself? How does it relate to what's happening in the community of Maryland and what you see when you work with the youth?
2: I, I start with that that first quote from Dr. King because I think I think sometimes people are afraid to speak speak their truth or just, you know, um, the truth in general because of the consequences that come with it. You know, there are artists that are very much afraid of making songs about certain things because the reality of it is they, they fear that people won't be as interested in them. Um, uh, and their, their music, their art, if they, they go this route and kind of speak about who they really are, as opposed to these things that are just associated with rap music, you know what I mean? But then there's also just kind of outside of music, just what we deal with in our day-to-day. You go into a job that you may, may not love um, and communicating with different people and, and kind of wearing this mask and hiding behind this this kind of caricature of yourself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because ultimately, I think we all fear, um, or some people, you know what I mean? Uh, Some people flat out tell you, yeah, they're scared of that. Other people will deny that they have any fear of exposing who they really are. But I think all of us have a little bit of fear of exposing everything about ourselves um, because we're, we're afraid of being judged by those who we, you know by our coworkers by our family by the world um and so it's it's uh it's a it's a challenge you know i try to make very honest music while still putting some things where you know it might be a little bit uh based off of fiction but it's like kind of fact and fiction kind of meeting in the middle somewhere um to tell a certain story um in certain cases and so with the second quote um, dealing with war. War is doing a great deal to destroy the lives of thousands and thousands of my brothers and sisters. We are dying physically, and the other thing is that we are dying spiritually and psychologically in disproportionate numbers at home in the ghettos. And I think the war itself accounts for our constant spiritual and psychological death.
1: Here. Lost my sight,
2: you know. I always find it interesting that, you know, people... Are so like gun gun ho about like you know supporting the troops and um, and how you know like we need to honor them and we need to do this that and the third where like you know and it, like it's just funny when I think about how like we we go so hard for them like when they're going to war but the reality of it is like you know the results when when they come home right. Because these people, because wealthy people aren't sending their kids to, to the military, right? These, uh, you know, people who have means, um, you know, like some of the fo- same folks who kind of get on stage and tell you how it's unpatriotic to kind of speak against these things. Those people oftentimes aren't serving themselves, or and definitely aren't sending their children to do so. Um, and so, those same people they're trying to get you to support oftentimes come home and they're forgotten. Um, and and oftentimes, you know, they're members of a disenfranchised group of people or, uh, you know, just the, you know, just the, the, the lower class period. Um, you know, the the people who are just kind of, they're doing this, not because not always or a hundred percent because of the fact that, you know, they, they want to fight for their country, but also because, yo, I need a job and I can't get anything else. And so, um, so I think you know war and uh the, and being a part of the military and stuff like that, and all these things have these these consequences that that you know that some people just kind of um turn a blind eye to and um and you know it's like it's just funny to me where people are always trying to get you to to support something um when they themselves don't support them after the work has been done. Um, and they're just forgotten. I mean, yo, okay, you you know, there's some benefits. You get you get free food, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, at some of your favorite restaurants on well, some days. Maybe you get to check out a football game and this, that, and the third, but you can't get quality health care, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, um, when you're probably going to uh, – that's probably far more important than anything else after what you've seen and the, the effects that it has on you mentally and and the physical – Um, trauma that has happened to you as well. That's arguably the most important thing, like, you know, along with job security, the whole reason why some of them went into it to begin with. You know, it's just, it's it's funny to me, man. It's laughable. It's extremely sad as well, you know? And so those were quotes that we don't necessarily hear from him that maybe should be thrown in the mix because, you know, people love to kind of paint MLK how they want to paint him. And uh, love to kind of throw him up in the mix when we're talking about, you know, the 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 issue of the day, and kind of using him as a way to get people to to pacify their anger. And uh, you know, I I just wanted to kind of you know paint it in a different light.
0: You're you're, you're an artist that is you know you you cover and obviously with your lyrics you cover a array of subjects, and and you you kind of talked about it earlier about getting. An artist that You also become You get personal in your 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 music um, right. And you do that On this album With uh, I think two of my favorite tracks Are uh, No Turning Back 2.0 And Wish You Were Here mm-hmm. They're both just like Extremely personal songs Wish You Were Here Is about um, Is a heartfelt track About your late father And
1: Please pop still miss you Want you hear but I'm in no rush to visit you. I've been doing my best with this hand that life dealt. Mama held it down, and that money you left help. I give the dog back just so I can chill with you. Get some guidance in these troubled times. What I love to feel with your Family friends fast on. I hope that they're with you. Some gilbas came along
0: with the love. Turning back you. is also a stupid personal song.
1: Go. 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 In my prayer few fast living and fast women that I went through like underwear and dirty linens I get hit to the ways of a plague I wanna be pipping brick curfew then hustling them like politicians I know I know So cold tough so to never love them yet we act like holes see got show
0: okay can you just for no turning back can you talk about can you tell the listen who this is about and kind of the writing process that went into creating the song
2: So I knew that uh, in the earlier the first two verses, um, it's a whole lot of, uh, you know, reflection happening where, you know, I'm thinking about like the man I was versus who I am now. Um, And just trying to come into grips with the fact that there are some people out there who prefer old you versus new you. And um, and, you know, and. Are you willing to kind of conform to make people happy or really just kind of grow into the person you're meant to be? And um, and I thought that ending the song with talking about my relationship with Nujabes um, and then also people who are fans of myself and Nujabes and, and who prefer our work together. You know, I, I I felt like that was the perfect thing to kind of wrap up that song because you know, I, I get asked all these questions uh when I um do interviews and when I travel about what it was like to work with him and um how come, you know, maybe we didn't do more of this or more of that, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And are you gonna release these songs that you guys never released? And I mean, you know, it's a lot to it's hard it's already hard to lose um people you care about. Um, but it's really tough uh, when when you lose like an amazing artist um, who was also like who's somebody you considered a friend and worked with um, because it's like you know you're trying like you try to heal right and you come to grips with the reality of the situation that uh, you know that like I mean what you and this person have done together and may have planned to do more that's that's not going to happen now. So, um, but you kind of never really fully get past that because there are people who, who love what y'all did, who constantly want more of that. Um, and and sometimes they don't think about, I guess, the um, the cost of what it is they're asking. And so, um, I mean, I could be a guy who, you know, c- contacts his family and his his record label that he ran and and spend a large amount of my budget and grab up every old beat that he has and then put together an album over that and give it to folks. And there are a large amount of people who'd be very happy with it. Even if it wasn't my best work, they'd just be happy to have it. Um, and then I could just release all of the old stuff that I have with this guy um, and and probably make way more money without having to work so hard and websites that have covered me so many times that choose not to cover me now would all of a sudden give a damn and cover me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, I could play that game. I know I could play that game and probably make way more money probably tour more and stuff like that. I just choose not to, I I really, and I think it was important for me to kind of address that in that song, um, so people could really, you know, instead of debating back and forth online about how how I feel or what they thought knew your best intended, um, you know, I spelled it out for folks. Like, this is what it is, you know? Like, you can sit up here and try to guess all you want, what you think, I'm thinking, but this, let me go ahead and just make it clear. You know, and, and I mean, a lot of people loved the verse, respected the song and what I where I was coming from, and there are some people, like some fans that took issue with what I said, because they felt like it was an attack on them. And it wasn't, it was just really just trying to check certain people. Like, look, man, like, you know, just kind of, I need you to understand what it is you're asking. And I need you to understand that, like, I know that you may be not a real fan of mine to begin with. You just love the dude I work with, and I just happen to work with him. But I'm not going to play that game with you. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, more power to, to anybody who, I mean, to everyone that, that loves the brother, you know what I mean? Um, Cause you know, I cared about him too. Um, but you know what I, I care, like I care about honoring his legacy more than I do off of profiting off of his legacy. Um, and I think the best way to honor that is to not try to uh, you know, play this game of giving people all of this, just more material that, that isn't authentic because, you know, solely because he's not here. He can't, he can't approve these tracks. He can't say, yeah, man, I love this, man. Let's put it out because our process was never that easy. It was a damn fight. Every time we went to the studio. Um, and so, you know, it was, he was the hardest. He was the most difficult guy I worked with. And, and, and the songs wouldn't, if I took his beats and just put it out like that, it wouldn't be the actual process that, people that made you know it wouldn't be the process that made those songs that people love and so i'm not going to shortchange it's the people release
1: material since your so-called cool fans think my solo work is trivial unless it's me and you but where's the honor in that when most of it was subpar or well, we thought it was whack they'd probably be overjoyed if i bought a few tracks you didn't finish then distribute them all over the map that's what they're hoping but i'll never fuck you over like that i forever honor your memory but there's no turning back you know
2: As far as uh, wish you were here, really with that, man, I just wanted to do something to uh, honor my my dad's memory, you know, that was honest about, you know, he wasn't this perfect man, um, which I kind of state on um, the subway as well, like where I talk about like my mom and why she ultimately, her and my dad split. Um, he wasn't perfect, but like it's more so wishing he was here just to kind of see the progress our family has made you know, the the whole idea that my my daughter will never get to meet her grandfather. You know what I mean? That's a tough pill to swallow. Um, Especially when, you know, this is a kid who has lots of questions about the man he was. And the fact that, yo, he never got to meet my wife like he died when I was 10. So there's so many, so many accomplishments I've had in my life and so many achievements and just things that, truthfully, I just didn't think I was going to live to even see for myself. And that you know you want the people who have something to do with you being here to be a part of that man and, and be able to kind of take pride in that I'm just lucky that my mom has has lived as long as she has cause you know I'm no spring chicken <laughs> you know what I
0: mean um hey hey we're the, we're the same age come on <laughs> right, right right well you know <laughs> we're virtually dinosaurs in this in this, <laughs> this, this, this point. you know uh right right <laughs> you know
2: what I mean but uh I'm just, you know, man, I'm honored. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I'm super happy that my mom has been able to kind of see all of this, but, um, but I'd be lying to say that I don't think, uh, about my dad a lot and how I wish he could have, uh, seen like half of the stuff I've did, uh, I've done. And, um, you know, especially knowing, too, that, like, man, he wasn't the most supportive dude either, man. Like, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, I went to art school and everything, and this is a guy that told me I couldn't draw. So, you know, like, uh, you know what I mean? That was, you know, that's some traumatizing stuff to tell a kid where this is the thing that you've decided you're most passionate about because this is before the music. And so a lot of what I accomplished in my life was me doing stuff in spite of what I was told. Same thing with the music, man. Like you know, I wasn't getting all of the support in the world when I when I first started out. So it really, just my work ethic comes from me constantly trying to prove to people that I'm doper than you think. i I can make great art, man. That like not just people dig and think it's dope or whatever. That people that might inspire somebody to do something great in this world, you know. So yeah, man.
0: Uh, speaking of, I mean, the subway uh, produced by Marcus D. Um, for me, had uh, two meanings I imagine uh, subway as in trains and transportation, but then sub sub space way as it's spelled out. It kind of seems like it was the in which it's the the quote unquote substantial way um, of doing things. Uh, can you talk about the role that uh, New York, the New York City subway system and but also the 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 Metro D C Metro system? has uh, played in your personal life but also as your life as an artist and and for listeners what is the substantial way
2: you know the trains man they like this that, that subway system both in new york and um, and the dmv connected you to so much like you know when you go to like very poor neighborhoods like people who are. Um, who struggle? You know what I mean? Just kind of um, like, you know, you realize that certain they are limited in certain experiences. Not all, but they are limited in certain things. And so I remember I didn't like in the DMV, I, I hadn't gone to Georgetown until I was like damn near 21, I think. You know what I mean? I think I was like in my early 20s, the first time I went to Georgetown. So I didn't realize that places that nice that weren't government buildings existed in dc (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i didn't know about that neighborhood i heard about it i knew about the college only because of the the basketball team but i had never been myself until like i you know i lived 20 plus years before i've been to this place to see that like damn this is kind of nice so this is how folks live over here you know what i'm saying and um and I, and I realized the same thing when I was living in New York. Like when I was working with kids in Brooklyn, like in Brownsville and Bestside, and I'd be talking to these kids and realize that yo, some of them hadn't even been to like Manhattan. You know what I mean? Like for real. Like barely they've been barely been outside of their their area in Brooklyn. Like seriously. And um and I thought about that as an outsider, as someone who lived in Brooklyn for ten years, where. Like, I was like, damn, man, I've been all around this city, like all over the place. Like I came here with the with the 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 passion to make sure I got the most out of living in this city. Um, You know, I've like been to every borough, uh, you know, like performed in every borough, um, met like different cultures, went to the whole, you know, hung out in chinatown went to the deep parts of chinatown where you actually feel like you're in china (laughs) you know what i'm saying because i've like at some point you stop hearing english and stop seeing signs in english you know what i mean you know i've done that i've gone out like jackson heights and went to like you know certain restaurants and kind of um was having that whole like experience of like feeling a little closer to the middle east and in Southern Asia, you know what I mean? By like being in these communities and I've realized how connected that system that allowed me to get around and go to these places, that freedom to connect with all of these different cultures, man. And, and kind of get out and learn about, you know, other folks, um, and make them, and just feel more connected. And I think that, you know, that is a, that like, the subway in a sense um the path is really about like the path that i've taken to kind of get where i am and i couldn't get where i am without that ability to kind of reach out and connect with these different people these different cultures like i couldn't have grown into the man that i am without the ability to do that and the freedom to do that um and so yeah so that's what that song um you know, is really like really about for me, and, and acknowledging the fact that I'm sharing my story with you, but it's not so that you can go out here and try to take the same path I took. It's just like, yo, this is just how I got here. Because you you meet people who always want to know how you got to where you are, and I'm like, look, here's my path. You know what I mean? Now there are certain things from my path that you can clearly and obviously take for yourself, but just recognize the fact that our paths are not going to be identical. You know.
0: A black of all trades you spit this is for the chance takers who is this track written for
2: so black of all trades is is you know is very much a track that is for um people like myself who um who met obstacles along the way and and people who told you you weren't going to be able to do certain things. You're not going to be able to do this. Um, You can't be good at more than one thing. You're going to have to pick this one thing and do that. And, you know, don't pick the wrong thing because, you know, you looking the way you do and you being from where you're from, you're definitely not going to be able to do that thing. And you're sure as hell not going to be able to do more than one thing. So um, it's really for the people who fought through that, um you know and the more longer i live the more people i meet who 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 understand what that feels like man like you know this whole you, you just happen to have something you're lucky to have something you're passionate about and you are and you're super lucky if you got a few things you're passionate passionate about but you still have these obstacles of getting through that day to day um you know those day to day challenges and and those those naysayers and um, you know, and then, and then real, uh, systemic, uh, issues or whatever that are put in place to make sure people like you don't accomplish, you know, a fraction of what it is you're dreaming to accomplish. And, you know, it's really, it's for people like that, man.
0: On, uh, no better time. You, you I'm, I'm trying not to destroy your words. Uh, you uh, spent, uh, f- 50 minutes of fame, eternally forgotten or try to live forever are your options. Uh, is this advice that, so I read this, uh, I, I automatically thought, okay, this is advice for, you know, those those one hit wonder artists that are, you know, trying to just, you know, be the, you know, one hit and they're out, right? Right. Uh, is this advice for them or is it, or also is this advice that you could give anybody uh, in any uh, any path they choose in their life?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm never really just talking to, to rappers, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, if ever really, um, you know, I mean, I might make references to different things, but the reality of it is, that's a real choice. I think we all have like, like if, if you're a person who is like, you know, coming from a situation that may not financially be the best, you know, you're trying to get out of that situation, but then you have some choices. Like, do I want a quick solution? Do I want to kind of be this person that is like that makes it really fast because you know I feel like my situation is the worst thing ever so I I want to blow up tomorrow you know what I mean but we see it all the time where these people who do that they 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 go away as quickly as they got here like or do I want to be this person that you know like um, do I want to be this person that never achieves anything and it's just completely forgotten like it's like I almost never hear. Or do I want to be this person that may not have been, I may not have been the most successful person. I may not have been the wealthiest person. Um, However, you know, what I accomplished while I was here is going to outlive for me. Uh, It's going to outlive me and potentially, you know, live on forever. Like different things that, that I've done may inspire people for like, for generations to come and 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 live forever. And those are real choices that people like, like have the power to make that I don't think they realize they, they even have those choices. You know, a lot of folks are just kinda of let light letting life happen, you know what I mean? And you
1: win your dreams at night. What you coulda had, shoulda did, woulda got on, but the fat lady sinna stays singing that song. Cause you don't know what you have got till it's all can't miss what you ain't had all along. <laughs> what better time than the present? The present's better than time, even if you only shine for a second. Fifteen minutes of fame, eternally forgotten. We'll try to live forever. Other options. Waiting on me, waiting on him
0: waiting on her waiting on them waiting on the to fall out are you when you when you when you talk on subject like this are you i mean are you do you see yourself is this you giving advice to the younger generation or is it not a generational thing it's just you know it's whoever or whoever you've crossed your path
2: it's everybody cuz i've done shows where um, you know, I've had fans who were like 13 or 15 years old in the crowd who were literally there with their parents who were a little bit older than me. And, you know, and I have those conversations where the kids are looking at you one way and drawing inspiration from certain things. And then having a conversation with the parent and it was like, you know, yeah, when my kids, I drop my kids off the school and I leave it in, <laughs> you know what I mean? I leave, I leave the, the music on and keep listening even when they're gone. Cause it speaks to me and i think that inspiration in its purest form can inspire anyone it doesn't necessarily, like you may even target a specific group of people um but the people people you may not have intended to inspire can still draw inspiration from it and so while i i think i think i i think i shouldn't have to you know and even on this song it's not necessarily targeting people of color per se but I don't think I need to not talk about my blackness and what my experience is as a black man so that way I can inspire everyone. I think I can still target a a specific group of people or person. Like I can talk about, just like how I can tell a story about one particular thing and it might inspire thoughts or inspire people who, who didn't even have that experience, but it might just make them look at things differently. So um I think you can still target people and be inclusive. You know what I mean? Like cuz if I didn't want if I didn't want to help everyone, I would literally, you know, write that song like I'd write the song like Black of All Trades and then and then make sure I only shared it with black people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but like but I think there are ideas that come in with songs like No Better Time um, or, uh, or anything where it might sound like I'm talking to one group, but it can potentially inspire like so many more than just who it sounds like it's, uh, for. So, Hey man, look, you know, I've, I'm just trying to make, I'm trying to improve our current situation to the best of my ability. And and it's like, and I really don't give a damn how old or, or young you are, how, uh, you know, whatever um, as long as at the end of the day you hear and you want to make this situation for everybody better than it currently is, um, So that's the only way we'll will truly move forward and be able to you know make this world better than it currently is.
0: In the track "My Daughter's Eyes," uh, you talk about the struggle of being a woman, and and have created you pretty much created a song that is also uh, a track to empower women.
1: It's a man's world all about huh. Cause she cool but she not Ladies first only when she put it by Wanted to take orders Never see her as a soldier Hold up, let me stop acting like I'm not him Like I never womanized her undermined Want to how I want to Where I want to when I wanted her In a home she made big and treated like a foreigner Told she only valuable if she got And if she can have a baby boy
0: by What what has been the reaction to this song And kind of what, ins- what has inspired you to write What inspired you to write this actual track?
2: the response has been great. You know, I've had a lot of sisters, um, like say, like, you know, say different things to me and thanking me for even, you know, taking the time and, and, and mustering up the courage to write something like this. Cause you know, I'm as guilty as like any of the men that like, you know, I mentioned in the song, you know, for contributing to, to a, a world that hasn't been the most different, uh, you know, the, the easiest to traverse for women. So, Um, but what inspired it ultimately was a film that, uh, my wife was watching initially. And then, uh, even though I was in the studio, she was really pushing me to, you know, Hey, you might, you might want to come in here and watch this with, you. you really need to see this. And, um, the film was called the Masked Living and I happened to stop to watch the film while I was literally writing that song. And so I came back into the studio um, I stopped the music and I basically decided to kind of, um, you know, I had some great conversation with my wife, obviously, but then I started to, um, do some research on my own, like just kind of read various articles with like women kind of just going over, uh, like various issues of today and the past. And then just conversations with different people. I know from coworkers to, uh, my sisters to whoever, that, uh, you know, and also men as well, man, just kind of talking about, you know, some of the different things that we see that we actually try to do something about and plenty of the stuff that we see and we know is an issue, but don't really put forth any effort to, to you know, to putting the end to certain things. And so um, I wanted to touch on something that I really felt like you don't hear like rap, you don't hear in rap music. You don't hear it in music in general. You know what I mean? At least not music that that men are making. Um, and so, I mean, it's not to say I've done something that I think no no artist has done because I've heard some things that are not too far removed from it. Um, some I heard after and things I can think of from before. But I wanted to do it in a way I hadn't heard it done before. That um, that that wasn't about like getting praise from women. As much as it was opening up dialogue with dudes, like to to really get us to kind of look at ourselves um, and recognize that, like, yo, we're you know we're harming, we're doing harm to ourselves by harming our women, by making this world less pleasant for them. It doesn't it doesn't make things better for us? And I think that concept like spills uh, spills over into racism as well. Like, you know, you like. You don't make this world better, like, as a whole by oppressing another group of people. Because now, like, think about how much you've missed, how much progress, like, we've potentially missed in, like, be it architecture, engineering, art, you know, quality of life, all of this, by oppressing a certain group of people who could have brought their genius to the table, you know what I mean, to, to do such great things. Because, I mean, think about what has come about. Um, like, look at the things that were created and have been developed. Like, you know, like, you know, this is a shift in gears a little bit, going, um, so focusing more on people, uh, on race um, now, as opposed to uh, the issue with just women. But think about the things that have been created in conditions, in like, in piss poor conditions, or like from people who had, like, like next to no resources that ultimately created these things, you know, that made our world function better. Um, and imagine what they could have done, um, had they had had more opportunity and more resources, you understand? So, um, and how far along we truly be, um, had these things not happened. And then some could argue too, that, you know, and and this struggle is part of what created, Um, some of these things that we, that we came up with, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, sometimes you can't invent something without first having a problem. So, you know, so, I mean, there's that side to it too, but I truly believe that we could be like a lot further along as a, as a world or as a, as a people. Like, if we kind of get off this, idea, uh, get like, get off this way of thinking that I can't be successful if this group of people are getting the same opportunities as me, like, like if somehow like, you know, us taking away some of the things that by paying women more, like you still can't, you know, like be successful and get a good paying job. Like that's stupid. You know what I mean? And and you know, that, that only makes sense if you're just a lazy person who, who refuses to kind of do what needs to get done to put yourself in a certain position. Yeah. You know, basically it sounds like a person who's afraid of competition. You know what I mean? And I think that speaks more to the, uh, the lack of, of real character and, and ability and confidence in what, uh, and what a group of people can do as opposed to like being a real, like this, this real thing. Um, that's, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I mean you get what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I I don't try to drag it out too long, but yeah.
0: We 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 spoken about the some of the lyrics and on on the tracks of these album uh, of this of this album. Um but when you go to the uh, your each when you go to the each page with lyrics, lyric, each lyric page on the like band camp your Bandcamp page uh-huh. um there are quotes at the beginning at the top of of the lyrics. Uh, you quote James Baldwin, Tubman, uh, Goldie Hawn, Chris Rock, Big Daddy Kane, Sonia Parker, just to name a few, uh, turning back to your writing process, do, are, do the quotes inspire the mission of the track or kind of does when the, when the tracks completed, does that inspire what quote is you lead into the lyrics with?
2: In most cases, the quotes, um, the quotes were, they were kind of like found after, the, and like I'd be like, you know, for instance, I was at the museum on um, the african American Museum here in d c that that song had already been written, but then I see this quote on the wall, I was like, man, that is like the perfect way to sum up what this song is about, <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> um and uh, and so, in a lot of cases, that's what the quotes are, they're kind of like a sum." Uh, like just a quick summary of what this this song really is about um in some cases like like a song like follow the master where big daddy came with his line i worked like a slave to become a master and um that that quote that idea is very much um at the core of the inspiration to, of that song you know where it might seem like a very surface level song in terms of the, um, the other content on the record but really what that song is about is you know is uh, you know for the for the vocal part of of this uh this hip-hop world right our mcs uh, our rappers our lyricists and all of that getting back to it's not that we can't kind of um evolve right I'm all for evolution however i think there are certain core values there are certain core things that like how this thing developed that are important for, for MCs, rappers, and whatever folks are calling themselves nowadays to maintain those certain qualities, like to make sure that those things are still present and ready to go at the drop of a hat. Um, if you're going to come into this, into this world. And so, um, and that, and that stuff all requires like people to do work, people to do research, people to develop themselves that constantly on de, um, to develop themselves and never really feel like, cause I think even if you master something, you can still learn, you know what I mean? So it's not to say like, you know, I'm a master of this and there's nothing else for me to learn. Like, no nah, I've mastered this particular thing, but there are certain sides of it that I still can improve on. And so, and that's where, you know, why I love, that's what it might from a quote. That's so simple work like a slave to be, I work like a slave to become a master uh, from big daddy Kane. That's my, like, when I hear that, that's my takeaway, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and so that, that song in particular is really like really like for, for those artists or whatever, just to kind of push them to like, yo, this is what, this is what this is meant to be. And these are some some things that I I, like that will forever hold true, and I think all of us should be working toward. And um, and so all of those different quotes connect to those songs um, in in a similar similar fashion. Songs like PTXD, where the quote for that one, um, I just happened to be watching um, Arsenio Hall, like when he had his reboot and it came back, and I was watching the LL Cool J interview and he just says that man and like and I'm just like oh my god like that quote was so powerful man you know don't let your past hold your future hostage it was just like oh my god (laughs) you know what I mean Uh, and I knew when I heard that quote I was like that it hit me so hard in that moment I was like man I'm gonna find a way to use that quote um, for something at some point in time be it music or art something um, and so when I wrote PTXD, I was like, man, I you know, I wrote it in there. It was like, don't let your past hold your future, future hostage. That's the L, not me, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we constantly see that happen to us. Like, it's important for us to remember our past, but our past doesn't have to control every aspect of our
0: future, you know. Is that quote, or is, uh, I guess the Big, Big Daddy King quote, is that kind of your the two quotes that you kind of that have stuck with you the most uh since the completion of this album or is there like a different quote that you kind of always fall back to
2: yeah i mean the james baldwin quote is probably the one that stuck with me the most that's why like the photograph that i took um of the quote that's why i put it in the um the album cover you know because i feel like i feel like uh it's kind of his quote is a longer way of stating like what um what I'm pretty much stating in the intro. Um, well, no, pardon me. His quote is like a longer way of stating what the, what the, um, what the title of the album is pretty much saying. Um, it just, he's saying it with much more detail and, um, and way more eloquently because it's James Baldwin. <laughs> you know, he's the man. So, you know
0: the new album is the past is always present in the future uh the artist of course is substantial uh you can check him out on twitter at at I am substantial uh substantial thank you so much for joining me on the library with tim Anickel on rapstation.com
2: hey thank you brother i appreciate it man